All right. Okay. So, good evening. Welcome to episode number 53 of the Racing Line podcast. Um, gents, Harry, Joe, good to be back with you again. We move into season two of the pod. Um, a few interesting talking points um, from the week of racing, particularly MotoGP, and we're going to just look forward to um, the end of the or the this the final phase of the formula one season hey and just, have a just little quickly bit of first time we've recorded when aussies won either moto or formula one is it yeah because jack had his wins already last year when we started yep and so did mm. dr and so did jet lawrence today in the mx of nations i, I did say yeah yeah <laughs> anyway, that, that's good news for the aussie boys doing it doing it big in um, but Are you going to we'll, touch on that today? Yeah, why not? We'll have a bit of a touch. Not too long because Harry will just... I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely zero idea, but that's all good. So let's um, begin with the um, World Championship racing that took place over the weekend at uh, Mategi. So the Japanese round of the MotoGP World Championship. Um, Friday and Saturday was an absolute um, downpour. So it was pretty hard to get a real gauge of of where the drivers were at, uh, riders were at. We saw Mark Marquez come back, led free practice two, um, which was enlightening, um, considering that the the way the bikes are ridden in the wet, you know, doesn't have the same amount of uh, physical exertion required. Um, but when you give the boy, you know, an even playing field, he's kind of showed that he's still got the got the pace. Um, and put it on pole also for the race. Now, the question going into the race from the Marquez perspective was, you know, his match fitness, whether it was, was he going to be able to um, kind of maintain that race winning pace over the course of a whole 23 lapper. Uh, there were questions about it. No one really expected it to happen. And we kind of saw as much in the race. If you haven't watched the race, um, Aussie Jack, who... A lot of um, nice. aligned on this podcast. Yeah, by, it's a lot by, of tough by love certain has members been, has been given to has been given to Jack um, on the pod, and credit where credit's due. Um, he came out, he delivered, and was dominant from lap three. I'm pretty sure, and and kind of at no point even looked like the race win wasn't going to be his. Um, we saw Brad Binder and Jorge Martin. Um, close out the podium but the big talking point from the race was Bagnaya crashing out of ninth um, one place behind Quattararo um, on the last lap of the race which is huge for the championship throws another spanner in the works the championship is at no point over um, but the lead goes from 10 points I think to 18 now so um, Joe as our resident MotoGP correspondent now um what did you make of the race and um what were your you know key takeaways from it um first thing first i think i don't think we've seen it as dominant performance this year by a rider in terms of just how i don't want to use the word easy but how easy it looked for um for master miller from the from the beginning of that race to be honest um what did you think about just the ease of ease of his his victory first and foremost? I don't want to diminish it and say I was, it was it, but it is his first probably dominant performance out of his four wins. Most, 
the most impressive thing for me was um, his race in relation to Martin. So, I mean, Jack, over the course of the season, has had good races, but has kind of, for a fair few of them, been uh, tussling with the Pramic boys and kind of the conversation and the questions at times have been, um, particularly early in the year, before he made the decision to move to KTM, you know, whether his seat was warranted when he was fighting with the lights of Zarko and Martin um, on the newer bike on the factory bike um so what was really impressive for me to see was was that you know in a position that we've seen him before with martin behind him rather than having martin behind um kind of you know breathing down his neck so to speak um he was able to control the race i've never seen um maybe not even not um Ever, because even in Moto3, I don't think he, well, I ever remember him having such a dominant race win. I think he had a couple of race wins in Moto3 anyway, but I've never seen him control the race. Like, that's a world championships, that's a world champions race win, I think. Yeah, and I've never seen him have a race that was that dominant, where he managed the tyre really well. There wasn't uh, the typical Miller fade towards the end of the race, particularly with chewing up the tyres. Um, and it kind of it reminds you of, you know, um, a dominant Mark Marquez race or a dominant Lorenzo race or a dominant Valley race or even a Casey Stoner race from, you know, from all those huge eras and riders in the MotoGP history. So um, I'm very happy for him, to be honest with you. I'm really, it really impresses me. It's, it's the fact that, um, KTM and particularly Brad Binder's kind of been able to get some performances out of that bike as well in the last couple of rounds um, is impressive and, and if he's able to take some kind of momentum into next year and and that KTM's able to continue in the upward trajectory that it's in, well then hopefully it's not the last time we see something like that because I mean a lot of the um, negativity for use of a better Oh, you're gone. You muted yourself, mate. You just muted yourself. Am I back? Yeah. Sorry, a lot of the um, uh, negative comments that have been made about Jack, particularly from my end, have been his inability to seal the deal. And this was a, a resounding um, moment, I think, for him. I really thought it was... In no, in no... Yeah. I really thought it was... It was it was it was really impressive, but I think I was more than impressed with his poise. Um, the fact that he went with the double hard tires as well showed me how confident he was. Whereas everyone was sort of putting a, a medium or a soft on the rear, he went with all the the hard hard options. So you knew he had he had the life in the tires, um, and yeah, like he was he was by far the quickest Ducati out there. Uh, and I, I'm really happy that he, he did get a, a, a if it's his last win with Ducati, he got he got to sort of leave with a real performance that he can be proud of. Um, I don't think it's his last win with Ducati. I, I, with 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 that um, result and Phillip Island coming up, if he can have a decent race at Thailand next week, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did it again. Um, I mean that was. The word easy comes to mind because I, I don't. Th- I think we've over the last three years, especially, there've been so many good bikes that we've never really seen 
a, a gap from first to second. I think maybe Quadraro had one, one or two races last year like that, but it was like six seconds by nearly half race distance. And then you knew he was just cruising. Um, I mean, I felt sorry for Aleish with his engine problem, uh, with his um, electronics problem on the warm up lap, which sent him straight to the pit lane. Um, and then I think the real talking points of the race, other than uh, great, re- great weekend for KTM, great race for Mark Marquez, um, you know, on home soil, was the fact that Quartararo and Bagnaya weren't really anywhere in terms of the pace. And then Bagnaya binning it on the last lap when he should have probably just decided to settle and, and lose one point in the championship sort of grand scheme of things. Um, and instead he's wiped himself out and very nearly wiped out um, Quadraro in the in the same move. And I do think, look, like looking at the championship ahead, this will is probably the, the moment where you realise that this is the difference between the two riders if one of them does lose the championship. Because this is the fifth race, I think it was, that um, that Bagnaya has DNF'd in, in, in a championship. And, and realistically, you can't you can't build a sustainable championship push when you're when you're having sort of great races or just or good championship races um, end like this. So we've got three races left in the championship. Is that right? Four. At this stage, four. even four. So at this stage, even with the mm, the crash being as it was because of quarters relatively low performance himself and struggles this weekend too we're at 18 points so very there's a very real possibility that if um Bagnaya was to win three more races and even if Quadraro was to come second and I don't think it's inconceivable considering the form that he's been in um that the championship will tie, continue to tighten up um I, to be honest, I didn't really have an issue with him going for it. I mean, obviously, the thing you can say is you can he lost one point, he ended up losing eight, whatever it might have been. But I think it just shows that at this particular stage in the season, um, he probably needs to be a little bit more prudent, but he's just throwing caution to the wind. I don't think he – I feel like he's kind of gone through the stage of having nothing left to lose in the championship and he's just going to keep, you know, racing as hard as he can. Um, it's just full so, sending. Yeah, and you know what? I, I don't. I would. Yeah, I think in the final reckoning, we might have something to say about it. But as it stands right now, if that uh, strategy's been working for him for this second half of the season, then you know you'd probably caution him not to change too much because he's he's dramatically reduced the the deficit for this season. Who's your um, pick? Who's your pick, boys? I still think Bagnaya is is my pick for the champion. Just like. Quattararo is kind of dog paddling to the finish, and he'll kind. Of, I think he can do enough. But if you, if we get to a track where there's a bit more of a conventional qualifying, where it's not monsooning, and you know, this this qualifying threw up a whole mixed bag for where people started the race from. Alash had an issue, took him to the back of the grid, started from pit lane, and kind of took him out of the mix as well. But if we get a conventional qualifying session where all the Ducatis are up the front, um, then I still think that, and I still think, you know, regardless of Miller's performance this week, you know, over the last 18 months, you can probably count on one hand when he 
you know, the, tr- the races where he, he was significantly more um, dominant than Bagnaya. So I would say that it's still Bagnaya's to lose. And if he gets a little bit of rear gunner help from the fleet of Ducatis that are behind him, because we saw, you know, Marini have a good race again uh, this Martin week. Or maybe it was Bezeki. Was it Bezeki Martin had a good race? So there's still, there's still four Ducatis, you know, a Bastini regardless of his poor qualifying managed to make it into the top six I think it was so there's there's definitely some re-gunning support that will be there for um, Ducati the other interesting thing I thought was with Bastinini behind Bagnaia for what seemed like forever I don't know if there was a little bit of team tactics there to you know that went into that race saying you know if you're behind him if you, you're doing you nothing the, to jeopardize his the, championship did you see the past that um Bagnaia pulled to get back past Bastanini. I can't I don't remember. Think, to be I don't think there was you. any team orders in that. To be honest, mate, that was that was ballsy as heck. Um, I mean, there was. I think there was some. Here's one thing as well. I thought about. You can tell how far that Ducati has come when you go to a track like that where that isn't power dominated, and a bike really needs to be good through the through the um through the twisties. Um, and the twisties are back. I love, I love it. it. Uh, chicken flavor to go through the twisties, chicken twisties. And, um, <laughs> they are good. Amen. Amen. And you know, that Ducati looks, looks like it's not struggling at all. Even the, um, Aprilia, um, looks more than down for the task. So uh, Maverick impressed me again this week. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a, it was a really good um, race. I think the part that impressed me m- most was that once Quadraro got to the back of him, he couldn't get past him at all. Um, mm. So I mean, no, another another impressive race from Maverick and Aprilia. So I, I'm I'm really excited for next year when they can sort of mount a push together as a team. Um, and then I want to touch on the whole Brad Binder and KTM yeah. thing because I think I think I've I've been seeing you know spicks and specks of you know positivity over the last couple of races um and yeah they probably got a bit fortunate with the cold qualifying situation but it shows if that bike can be um starting closer to the front it, it's a it's a definite definite race um contender and we've seen that this year as well with when um Oliveira was starting near the front you know that bike has the power to go and and, and has the turning to go it just shows how when you get stuck in the midfield, how, how much energy and how much effort it takes to sort of push up the grid. And then when you sort of get to the back end of the race, there's nothing there. So so I had an interesting thought when I was watching this race because we were talking about um, Remy Gardner and his move to World Superbike um, next year. And... Um, Brad Binder, since really joining MotoGP, you know, dominated Moto2, definitely deserved the move up into MotoGP. As, you know, has probably gone under the radar a little bit just because that bike does not qualify and is able to take it from 16th to 6th or to 16th to 8th pretty consistently. And as you said, when KTM isn't in a situation where it needs to push through some pretty good riders on pretty bad bikes, i.e. the Hondas or the um, Ducatis that might be a little bit further down the field when it doesn't have to kind of 
do so much work to get to the front and it's able just to maintain a, the pace with the leading pack. It's there or thereabouts. And we've seen consistently from Brad Binder that if the opportunity is there for him to get a, uh, a result, he gets it. And I was just thinking, you know, we've kind of spoken about Gardner being hard done by the whole KTM situation and whatever it might be. But what we haven't seen from him is the um, ability to do that. So what do you make of... You're right there, Joe. You're going through your bloody paws like it's no one's business. A Um, a pimple inside my nose. Oh, like inside the um, crevice on the outside of my nose. You're st- yeah. But thanks for, for bringing reason, that you're up. Still, that's all right. You're still the one that's getting recorded right now. No, you're not. Like you're still on the screen. Yeah, you are. Um, but regardless, we haven't seen enough from Remy in that regard. Would you agree with that statement? And that's kind of why they have let him go. Because we're not expecting him to put a season together. But I don't even think we've seen the glimpse when half the opportunity is there. I don't think half the opportunity is there, and I don't think, um, like I said it from the start of the year, his job from the start of the year would have been just finish ahead of your teammate and, um, you know, and just learn. Having said that, like what you say is true, he hasn't had a standout performance that we sort of saw Bastanini or Bagnaya have. Um, well, even even just from a KTM perspective, we saw Binder have it in a rookie year. We saw Oliveira yeah, win but, a race on that the, K- the Tech season, 3 bike. The, 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 the level you need as a rookie coming in has, has gone so far since those since then, three years ago. Don't you, don't even you, in three years? 100%. 100%. Just because there's so many rookies on fast Ducatis now? Just because there's so many um, good bikes now. And like this, there's so much expected of um, anyone on one of these bikes. And I also think that in terms of, yeah, the, the KTM factory team has always looked better than the Tech 3 team, but I, I do think there might be a gulf in in in, in parts development still with, with how that's going, um, especially if you know that the two, two riders on that, on that bike uh, aren't going to be there next year. Um, I'm still. I still. Just, it was just a thought. I still yeah. feel sorry for him and everything, but it's true. He hasn't had sort of that 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 moment where you sort of just sit back and go, mm, you know, this kid's showing a bit more than what we expect. He hasn't. Yeah, haven't noticed him. But it was just a passing comment. Um, what I did want to get your opinion on was the return of Mark Marquez. None of us really expected him before the end of the season. Um, he came back. What a king. Um, but at the same time, it's it's kind of understandable why he would need. Like if he's if Honda do need to make the jump to get back somewhere next to Ducati, it does make sense that he's on the bike this year before they go into testing. So from a from a development point of view, it makes a lot of sense. But what did you make of his return? Um, I mean, I never expected him to win. What can you what can you say for him? Oh, no, no, none of I us mean, really. I, but what, I, thought, what, I just know. thought it was. I thought it was a. A, a super brave, super committed, um, sort of hats off to you kind of ride, especially with that with the um, with you know the, the the lack of strength and the weaknesses that he's sort of self professed at the moment at the moment with his condition. Um, like if 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 Miller and 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 um, Martin and Binder sort of, ha, ha, sort of didn't uh, run off, 
you would have said like the best of the rest. He looked comfortable um, re-overtaking um, Oliveira. Uh, I wouldn't say he looked like, like imperious, but he looked he looked pretty comfortable. Um, so, you know, I, I just thought Honda needed a race like that with him coming back on home soil just to sort of um, calm, sort of pump the brakes, come everyone down and sort of say, yep, yeah, wait till next year, the king will be back. Um, and he needs to be for as them. Far off as, no, he's, yeah, it's really interesting because without him there, you kind of think that Honda's nowhere. But whenever he's racing, it probably says more about him than he does than it does about Honda. But it's not that. It's like when he's um, not there, you sort of let yourself go. Oh, do we really need him in the sport if he walks away, or um, like will he ever return back to what we rem- what we remember him as? And then eight days after, sort of coming back, he's fourth he's got a pole um people can't get past him he's making moves he's got two crashes over the weekend as well like he's he's did the you man. see sorry this is he is, this the is a man. total um out of the field field did you see the taron mm. mckenzie crash this week yeah I did. oh my god done for the season done for the season um, um, just quickly, for me, for him to come back and be so not only quick, but to be crashing the bike shows, the guy's insane. Like, for him to be pushing the limits straight away, that's that's crazy. There's there's no there's no um there's only one gear. And it's and it's mm. um he's like Ricky Bobby, he's just I wanna go fast. Yeah, that's that's it. So, I mean, there's something to admire about that, but I definitely think it's putting a shelf life on on the years we have left in him. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But you know, I think the other thing, it's kind of, it's almost in like a poetic way. It's almost like he left when he crashed out in in Magello two years ago, almost now. He was technically still at the top of his prowess. No one would have argued at that time that he wasn't the best racer in MotoGP. And we saw Mir and Suzuki win a championship and that kind of came out of left field. And then we saw Quattararo win a championship and and now we're seeing Ducati dominating and Bagnaia pushing for a championship as well. So I think that there's almost a part of him that wants to prove that he still got it and it wants he wants to be part of this everyone all the best want to want to you know sharpen themselves against great riders and i think he's seen that there's this this convergence of quality convergence of talent convergence of bike development amongst all these teams and i feel like if he can get back to you know winning ways in this particular era right now then it might kind of prove to him that he's still the best. And then, you know, who knows, we might see him um, hang it up after that. But I think for him right now, the thrill of the chase is what's kind of pushing him to get back. And if it, if he re-injures himself and that's the end of his career, in a weird way, I kind of think he's like, so be it. You know what I mean? He's kind of done everything that he needs to do. No one's going to doubt that he will go down as debatably one of the, one of, if not the greatest of all time, um, regardless of whether he reaches Rossi's titles. But... Uh, you can't, you can't not admire. Like you can't, you just have to admire him. Like he's, he's an absolute beast. Have you ever stopped to think that, say, Bagnaia wins My this year? My man crushes hard right now. Right. Yeah. So say, yeah, say Bagnaia wins this year, right? And then Marquez was to win next year. 
and right off into the sunset. You would see in the history books that in the years that were full of his injuries, not one rider was able to sort of grab that, oppo- three in a grab row. that opportunity and then, um, you know, sort of make it into a little bit of um, history the way Stoner had his moment and Lorenzo sort of had his moment. Um, when Rossi Marquez. Marquez doing like they have always have a, a gap of years when they sort of own that part of history. And we could see that this might be a, a little gap where no one's really owned it. Um, but that kind of, does that kind that probably speaks to the talent. Like, are you trying to say that it shows how good Marquez was for dominating before yeah, that? Like, and even- I feel like it will, um, it will solidify or at least the years that he was injured won't look as um, like it was like someone else sort of dominated that era, but it was sort of like three consecutive, you know, that, 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 that like no one could take. It was just who was the best that year kind of thing. Does it also show how good he has been in an era that we're looking at now? And like without him, it kind of, with the exception of Ducati right now, without Marquez being in the picture, we've got all these manufacturers that have strengths and weaknesses and good weekends and bad weekends. And for the five years before that, we've just seen on a bike that, you know, everyone says Honda's good, but it might have just been that Marquez no, was the, bloody the Honda good. was good. The Honda was good, I think, as well, without blowing smoke up his ass too much. It also shows just how much the sport has changed in terms of how many good bikes there are, how competitive it is. And we keep saying that, in terms of a entertainment package, how strong it is now. It's the be- greatest. How strong it is now because of the, the depth in field. And that has sort of really sort of come on strong in the last three years. Like we could we could technically see three different manufacturers and three different champions, um, you know, in three years. Moving on from, um, from MotoGP to a few things that we did talk about last week and kind of have had new information about this week. So this afternoon on the pod, on the chat, sorry, I put up a few articles about Shane Van Gisbergen. Last week we were talking about how if he was to win the current supercars season, might he look elsewhere to scratch the racing itch, for use of a better phrase, um, and there are rumours and rumblings right now that um, next year uh, he's looking to dabble into some of the road races at NASCAR. And there's early speculation that the team that ran Kimi Raikkonen at Watkins Glen this year might be interested in um, providing him that opportunity. And from what I was reading, there's there could be up to five rounds road racing, like road courses that don't clash with the supercars calendar that he might be interested in um, engaging with. So I don't know what you guys were to make of it, but it's funny that we're just talking about it last week and we're kind of talking about WRC or that kind of stuff. But, you know, within six days now, uh, there's two articles talking about kind of a, a potential dipping of the toe into the American stock car scene. So what do you boys make of that? I feel we've done this a few times. We've um, spoken about things on the pod and then the week after, I feel we will it into existence. Um, (laughs) Oh, look, we've seen him do rally. I think he'll go over there, he'll do well and he'll come back and 
dominate supercars again. Like I don't, like we said last week, I think this guy just really enjoys being in supercars. You know, if he was to go into in uh, into IndyCar into NASCAR with somewhat of with some level of success um, next year, might it be the last year for him in supercars? Though, if he was kind of thinking, you know, I might actually have a have a go at this full time because that is a full time commitment. It's a thirty race season. Depends if he wants to do ovals. Like, mm. if he's doing road courses. Yeah, I guess ovals are a different different beast. The one what do you thing think, that, Joe? The one thing that I think could lure him there is say he does, well, the tracks that they race at, the actual, um, you know, road tracks are, are awesome tracks. You have Road America, you've got Watkins Glen. Is, Chicago Street Circuit next year. Yeah, you've got all your roval tracks as well. Um, Detroit. Mm. So, the, so say... He goes there and he and he looks more than competitive, which I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, like I w- if if it's not like we haven't seen a supercar driver go out and dominate in NASCAR on NASCAR so the, road so courses. So then the question yeah. becomes: Does a team offer him a big money move because they know that all he has to do is win one of those races and that and that smaller team could be in the chase? Um, which is which is massive for which for a smaller team especially, so I feel like that would be the that would be the the draw for him um, leaving is because does it also the sorry just sorry to cut you off but does the fact that next year we have GM and and Camaro in supercars somewhat provide a little bit of a bridge to GM and Chevy in America if he was to kind of be looking for a team. So you can kind of stick with the brand. I, de- I definitely say so. And move over. I mean, realistically, they would they, could, they would probably find it easy to find a Red Bull sponsorship for him if he was to go over to, to NASCAR. Um, mm. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if, if all the stars aligned. But I do think it, it would rely on him going, enjoying it, and doing somewhat very well to then um, have someone put an offer on his table. And if he took it, he, he takes it. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. I mean, the, the other thing is, does he want to do it for a full year? Because it's a long season, you know? It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long, grueling season. Um, so, you know, the ball's in his court, but I'd love to see it. I'd love to see, I'd love to see you know, sort of our product go and race against the best in other categories. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a, it, it'd be a win for our sport as well. Because it just spreads the... Um, the word of supercars around because every week they'll be going it's Shane Van Gisbergen and they'll probably think he's Australian or something um, but you know it'd be it'd, I think Can it'd be that great again? it's Shane Van Gisbergen <laughs> another uh, another mm, another story that uh, another article that came out this week was a pe- I don't know if it's a potential return but there was chatter about a re- I don't know if it's a return or a move to nighttime racing on Gold Coast. At surface. Was it Surface? surface yeah, Paradise. Gold Coast. Surface yeah. Paradise. What do you boys make of such a concept? I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, mate. That'll look awesome on TV, I mean, especially. I, think were, I, I don't think you were in the pod, but I, we'll, I think it was when we were talking to Tristan last, and I was saying Queensland needs a super night kind of event. And Tristan said... Um, what about on the surface? And I and I said I don't think they'd do it because of the. So he willed it into existence. I think he did, 
because he mentioned it and I said, and I said, I don't think it would work because of the, the infrastructural changes you'd need to get all the lighting up. Um, but it would have like a grand final theme to it. It, like would. it would almost be like a, a Saturday night, Sunday night, kind of like a. It would be the mar- it would be the you know, Marina Bay event. Of you know what I think, supercars. boys. I I think for journalistic integrity, we need to attend that event live. What I'm do you down. think? Yeah, for next year. Mm. In the lights, mate. I would. I'd be keen. Anytime you got a supercar going on the new track with the sorry the new cars, yeah, that sounds like a yeah, sounds like a concept. Interesting, but well, yeah, I, I just thought of that today, and I'm like that would be absolutely awesome for the sport, thing- particularly if they were able to schedule it outside of the NRL and AFL season. So on a Saturday night, there's no football on. And it, let's if it's would, against the A League, well, then the, it's going to beat the A League. It would probably be the best um, event to close a season off, to be honest. It, it needs to be marketed correctly because we said last year they did the the Bathurst event really well. Like that was marketed amazingly. I don't know how it was marketed that wrong though. If you think about it, you'd have to be the dumbest <laughs> motherfucker on the planet to have all those ingredients <laughs> and market it wrong. Uh, yeah, I don't know, mate. I'm just like I think a big thing would be making sure it doesn't impact any other sports in the yeah you know, time of the the, the um, timing. Do you know mm. what I mean? Timing is one of, one of the key design factors, right? Because you don't want to be appropriateness. You don't want to be seeing this awesome track with these cars going around it, and there's no one in the grandstands. Like you want to see it packed. Oh, there would there would be definitely be people in the grandstands. The part that would would become the challenge would be appropriate lighting for the track and also appropriate lighting for the you know the paddock for people to navigate safely um no it's gold because that'd be i don't think that would be an issue i I think i think it'd be great i think it would there's enough bloody there's enough plant hire equipment companies sponsoring teams or supercars for them to get i don't know however many freaking light cranes or whatever they needed to, to provide enough lumens for the event I, I wouldn't that wouldn't be an issue collaboration is king yeah these are the kind yeah. these are the kind of events supercars need to think about hmm. and and because i think even like we talk about taking the racing to the fans where they're racing but if they can get like a prime time evening slot on a saturday night no form i'm sorry no rugby or afl that it's competing with and they get all the traction imagine they had a few awesome bands as well to perform at at the event that kind of gave a little bit of a, uh what's the word i'm looking for here ambience um no what's uh pop cult like a bit of pop culture as well for the f- to bring the younger who fans you, in too you who could would re- you like to hear there if you were to go like would you like like a yeah like a a wolf mother return or something like that or something a bit no, something no, a bit nothing, more no, modern. No, you want you, you Robbie need Williams? something modern. No. You need well, <laughs> if you've got Robbie Williams back, I mean he, he did a pretty good job on the weekend, but like um I don't I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I reckon you'd get a you'd get like a, a proper uh, like Martin Garrix, Martin Garrix shoot for the stars. Try to bring Martin Garrix in. Um well, he loves Formula get a, One, so you know it's not a yeah, You'd need to get probably a, probably get a like bit Takashi of uh, someone who's RMB. in prison just needs to get a gig. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you need you need someone who's going to stick. Like if you're going to have a headline event, a grand final vibe, it needs to, like you can't have like 
silver chair performing for the 50th time at a grand final. It's got to be Return big. of cold chisel for the 50th time or something like that. Yeah, no, nah, it's got to be big. They need to do something like what they do in the, the, the Formula One Grand Prix. Like, it's got to be, a, you know, the party goes till midnight. Like, there's got to be something to attract because surfers is, you know, the party central. They need something like that, I think, to really sell it. Cocaine. Peking duck. Peking duck. That'd be good. Something like Sneak, that. Sneaky sound system. Sneaky. Oh, I was... I was talking to someone about sneaky sound system maybe ten days ago. I was gonna say ten years ago. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a, no, it, was, it was it was a it was a like we're having a, a reminiscing. We're reminiscing and then I threw like we're throwing out names from like two thousand and tens and then sneaky sound system is that came the, up. Is that the creeps sneaky sneaky sound system? Uh, could be. I can't remember. I'm too old. You know, you know who else came up? Ian Carey. Oofed. What's that? Pro- Ian Carey back in the day, Project Infinity amongst a plethora of other bangers. Anyway, we can, <laughs> um, yeah, we can start a new pod about music, um, you know, the, the development of EDM over the last 15 years. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So, supercars. Bathurst in two weeks. Not going to go into any more of it. Bath- well, we have to do have Bathurst in two weeks. Next week, I think we'll have a bit, little bit more of a deep dive into the form Bathurst guide for the great race. Um, but I thought maybe to end the pod, we'd have a bit of a yarn about everybody's favourite, favorite, yours truly, Formula One. This week, we come back to the Singapore Grand Prix for the first time since 2019. It's been a minute, it has to be said. Um what are we expecting, boys? I love it. I love Max this Wind. truck. I love this. Yeah. I'm gonna Probably say. Max I'm gonna Wind, say. I'm gonna say. Max is gonna win the championship this week. Mate, a lot of things have to happen for what that. What needs to Harry? Can you tell us what needs to happen in order for if, Max to if take? Max I can. Has, if, 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 if you would like to see it in writing, I have posted it on our uh, Instagram page. But if Max finishes first with the fastest lap, he can win. If Leclerc finishes ninth or lower. If Perez finishes fourth or lower and Russell finishes second or lower. I can see that happening easy. What are you talking about? Yeah, the only th- yeah, look, Leclerc to finish ninth or are lower. You talk- are you talking about Ferrari having a clean race? I'm saying he's probably <laughs> the only way that ninth is low, that'll be a DNF so, if he doesn't so finish. For it to happen, for it to happen, it's gonna be Max first, Carlos second, Lewis third, Sebastian fourth. Sorry, uh, Sergio 4th, Sergio 4th, and then Leclerc will not finish the race because it's going to be a hot Singapore race and that Ferrari engine and its turbo will blow. He's got to get fastest Has lap it? too, but anyway. That if, if he's going to win the race, then the fastest <laughs> lap can is... You snip, is can you is snip that and we can bring that into existence? By default. That, that actually isn't... <laughs> that sounds... Like, that doesn't that seem so more than outlandish. Yeah, that doesn't seem off, as... Off um, his form as well. Wouldn't that be an absolute sour push to like to finish the F1 season so early? Yeah, because yeah. we have after that we have um, Japan six races. Yeah, then we have Coda, then Mexico, Brazil, and then Abu Dhabi. So there's still have another season. Yeah, pretty much, mate. It's a, it's a it's a mini season. You could have a bloody Tasman series for F1 <laughs> if they finish the season this week. You might as well have a bloody kind of. Offshoot championship just to 
Anyway, what would, we, what would we talk about once the season was finished with five races to go? I'll tell you what. If 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 that's the case, next week will be the last pod for me for the next six months, and then I'll be like, you guys can figure out what to talk Don't about. Don't be like that, be- mate. <laughs> it's Michael he shaves Hunter. his beard and he loses all of his bloody motivation. Um, look, I hope it doesn't happen in Singapore because Japan is. You know, one of the best tracks on the grid. I don't want that one to be kind of a, a dead fish, as a Anthony would call it. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Coda, love that track. Mexico, love that track. Brazil, love that track. So we have some awesome tracks coming up, and if Max wins really early, it's going to kind of be like. You know what pisses me off? What? We've got all these shit tracks to start the year, I and they're going to count to the championship. The bloody Saudi Arabia's of the world. The Jettas. I don't mind Bahrain. Jeddahs of the world. Azerbaijan. Miami. Uh, no, Azerbaijan's all right. Miami's of the world. Those those three in particular. And then you've got Suzuka, Interlagos. Coda. Even Singapore. Coda. All these awesome tracks that are going to have dead you know dead rubbers because they've decided I've, to just put I've, all these f- rubbish now, tracks in. I know how we'll gain some traction if the F1 season finishes early. Me and Harry will be coming on on Monday night. Monday nights, going this, on this week's review of House of the Dragon or something like that. Oh, <laughs> nice. You know what you could do? You could do a one-hour EDM special, mate. Get your audacity going and, and just turn some beats instead. Um, regardless, another interesting talking point from Moto, from F one that did get me excited. Like we we give a lot of negative. Like we're a pro Formula One podcast. It gives a lot of negative. Mate. This content about Formula One. This break has is, been mate. ridiculous. It's almost as long as the summer break. It's been three weeks. I am peaking yeah. for this race this weekend. Well, there's going to be a lot of racing very soon. Well, but Monaco one got, thing that has got Monaco got mm. um, uh, extended till 2025. Yeah, another yep. another another three boring races to add to the last sixty years of boring races. So I mean, good I can stuff. deal with Monaco though. I can I can deal with Monaco. It's just um, I'm, I'm. Hey, if we get a wet Monaco, mm. you get a good race. No, because these days they just red flag them. She just put the sprinklers on. <laughs> they just red flag them now. They don't even let them race. Um, Do you know the other thing that's crap about these bloody golf races is, it never rains. Except in Bahrain. Shit tracks. Pardon. <laughs> in Bahrain. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> that was that was lame. Um, also, Sonoda signed um, for next year for for Alpha Tauri, so I think that's sort of. I think he deserves that. Yeah, I, I think he deserves. It. I think that also sort of has set a lot of you know contracts in stone. Without um, did you see who hasn't re-signed? Who or is not being retained for season twenty twenty three? Oh, go oh, Teefy. The big Latif, mate. Can I, can I say favorite that? Canadian? When, when when William said, um, "We have decided to um, <laughs> to part ways with Nicholas Latifi at the end of the years," I just wanted someone to have a like a big like you know you don't say or um, you know sort of just make make a bit of a mockery of that decision because if if you didn't see that coming, it was much. Was it much of it? If, if it was a decision, if it was a genuine decision, then there's some people making decisions there that shouldn't be. How awkward no, would the, how awkward that would the race debrief have been from the last race between him and um, De Vries? 
Mm. I think it might have just been a bit of cement, you know. It might have just cemented the... Um, that is not good enough. No. I actually watched a YouTube video this week saying that Latifi has been hard done who during his time in Formula who 1. Who that Muppet? I can't remember who, who the He's author of the video done. was. Yeah, saying that he that he, he hasn't been given the opportunity. This is... This is literally the Ricardo conversation with Latifi, but I'm not going to go into that. Dude, but it's not even it was pretty much saying that he hasn't. It was just saying he hasn't been given the car to show what he that's can like, do. That's like saying that Ricardo the counter. Race. No, but it's the counter argument is he hasn't. The he obviously hasn't the, even the been close to his. The highlight of Ricardo's career at McLaren is a race win. That. That his teammate hasn't been able to deliver yet. The highlight, the highlight of, of Latifi's is, is getting P1 into in Q1 practice. <laughs> or getting into Q1 once. Q3. Q3, Q3 sorry, once. once. You know, so yeah. we're, we're, and DeVries has done it in one race. I, I stand by what I said last time about DeVries, though. I want to see him do it on a track that isn't Monza. Oh, if it, Man, I, if I, he was a, he's done it. He, he, made, he made that car wide, man. Fit. He couldn't even even get out of the car. I get that, but he was... You take him to Singapore, does he get... Regardless of the car, does he... Does his racecraft, does his skill look as good as it did in Monza? That's that's what I I want to find out. I I think think he's got the racecraft and I think he's got the skill. What I I think um, helped him the most was the amount of cars that um, after qualifying went behind him. Mm. Um, also, the fact that that bloody and the, Williams and, is very lean in the hips, yeah, it's so lean. it doesn't and, have a whole and, lot of. And the DRS train helped him as well, but um, like what was what Anth was saying about Remy Gardner before, like he hasn't had a moment that sort of makes your 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 no pop. yeah makes your eye sparkle. De Vries in one, not even in one event, in half an event has given everybody these like what if scenarios about his him in a car. Um, Did he make your eyes sparkle? I think he ends up at Williams. Dude, I, I, I'm, I'm, you, you, when Williams score one point, my mood changes. It's, 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 it's every <laughs> Monday is a great day if we score one point until, Dude, until I look at how DeVries. far we are from the second last. Didn't also love about the race? Sick helmet. Sick helmet. Historic helmet doesn't change. You like that, eh? Respect. Respect. I think he um, ends up at Williams. I think What do you will. think? I think that's good news for Williams if they've got De Vries and uh, Albon moving into next season. That's a pretty good. This lineup. actually is going to be a. It, if I was Alex Albon, I would not be happy though. If it was De Vries Why? coming in I next would, year, I because, be, because if if he then continues to be the best at Williams, mm, it looks oh, it looks enough. great for him. Um, realistically, as well, if he's if he's still putting in good results and he's not the best, it definitely looks better than if it was a Latifi doing it. Um, but I think in terms of, I just think in terms of where that team wants and needs to go in the future, they need two drivers who can push each other, number one, and also push for points. And Williams as, as a team hasn't had this kind of competitive lineup um, since, well, Massa and Botas, but that was sort of when the car was really good. Yeah. But more like even it when- Even without a competitive- like Even if their car is Rosberg underperforming. And Maca- what is yeah. name? Rosberg and- um, Kobayashi. Not Kobayashi, the other one, Nakajima. 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 So, yeah. Um, um, even, like, it's interesting. Like, 
it's, you know, I like the point that you made that even with Williams being where they're at, it's important to have two strong drivers that can both push the team forward together and Shut challenge up, each Beth. other. Shut up, Kind of what I've been saying about Williams, about Red McLaren for the last year. Yeah, but the regardless is that McLaren of that, didn't come out at the start of the year. We're not going there. We're not going there. I just had to kind of throw a little hint there. Um, Stop with another your Danny Rick hate because, because your Jack uh, Miller hate came to bite you in the ass. You know what I would love? Because <laughs> he won I a race. I just wish McLaren handled this. We want him to win championships. I wish McLaren handled the, the Ricardo situation with the with with the yeah. you know the poise well, and, 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 and the touch and, and you know just you know the, 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 the dignity. The, the sparkle? Yeah just the, the, dig- dignity. the dignity that, that Williams handled the whole Latifi thing because we knew he wasn't going to be there next year but the way they did it was sort of like a thank you for nothing, you know, and they said it so nicely and they used a lot of words. They made it into like three full paragraphs about, you know, he's going, we've, de- we've decided, you know. and it, I don't know if it's thank you for nothing. Like there's, I think there was $20 million attached to that. And two points. See you later. And two <laughs> his points. His dad spent $10 million a point for his son. <laughs> um, what about this? So, so... We got a um, a track layout for Las Vegas this week. Yeah, I've now, seen so many memes. I did not mind it to be honest. I, I think that track. Let's put it in stone. Etch it in stone now. Let it be. Let it be etched in stone. I reckon that track is going to be one of the most engaging races next year. And if you if I cannot wait to see the spectacle around they are literally driving past every big casino in Vegas. It's almost like they said, Where are the casinos? And then they just got an algorithm to plot a track that hit the front of every one of those casinos. It is going to be an awesome spectacle. It's a Saturday night race, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Can you see that? No. Lol, that makes me laugh. <laughs> Regardless, I reckon that track, because it's simple and there's a lot of 90-degree turns and there's a lot of slow corners. But there's also straights. Well, beautiful. Give me a long straight then give me a slow corner. That's, that's, that's the recipe I mean. for overtakes. That's what I'm saying. Just please, please, that track does not need DRS. Fact. It, it's going to have DRS along the big back straight. It's going to have- I know. It's going to have know, at least two exactly zones. exactly where they're going to put it, but yeah. I hope they don't because that track looks- simple enough to be an effective track and i think the saturday night spectacle and the fountains and the that is going to be one hell of a race in sin city has to be said does that mean the weekend will be thursday to saturday which has to to be be, right yes yes let's not pretend that people have real jobs in las vegas anyway you know that's fine it's going to be beautiful for us a sunday morning race or a sunday 11 o'clock race i'm looking forward to japan 4 p.m. start for us. So good. You know what I find, though? Because we're in Australia... It feels weird. You have to... Like, you've got things to do that you have to cancel to watch the races at a reasonable time. Whereas at 11 o'clock, you know, there's nothing going on. The missus is asleep. You're not, you it's like, you don't have to say... You don't have to... You don't have to... Yeah, exactly. Because you don't have the to MotoGP's like, on at Montegi, you know, something like that, yeah. Yeah, Mate- walking around like yeah, a yeah. zombie on Monday. It's great. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah, though? After just- after the MotoGP yesterday, it was it was um I forgot it was a Japan. So in my head, it was oh MotoGP's on this weekend, 
Yeah, and I, I did was, the same. And it was nighttime and I was like, oh. Well, it's I usually on. ask you guys for your predictions and put them up at about seven o'clock. I know, H, I know I was waiting, mate. And then I didn't I know even know it was you. a. I know it caught you. It's all right. You didn't even know where Matigi was last week. It's all right. <laughs> I we'll still don't know you. where it is. But anyway, um, there was another talking point that I did want to raise this week. Oh, this was a good one. Um, again, it's like we're wishing things into existence. Jamie Chadwick had a test drive with Andretti, I think it was. Indy Light. Indy Sebring. This week, and apparently she didn't do too bad. So well, we had a bit of a yarn about into, that. Would that be her going into Indy Light? Going into yep. in, okay. Which is disappointing that F two aren't giving her a shot. It's disappointing that she's not going to have an, she's not going to have enough super license points to get to get there. <laughs> to get back. No, but I think regardless, regardless of that, I mean, Indy. There's nothing. We've seen some great drivers from. Indy lights make their way into IndyCar, you know, Colton Herter, Pato Award, Kyle Kirkwood. So if she's Simona. able to go, uh, I don't know if Simona raced Indy lights. I think she did Indy lights. Um, but regardless, if she's able to go into that particular category and be competitive, we do get some level of barometer, uh, some some barometer of her um, her expertise that we can that we can kind of grade her with which will be fantastic and you know hopefully that's a stepping stone for her to get into the most entertaining racing series in the world so um i think that's an awesome thing and what are you looking forward right, to this what? weekend what are your hot takes in singapore yeah what are my hot takes um i think alonso is going to get a podium this week Ooh. Because he always does well at Singapore, I'm I'm actually just looking forward to being back at like you obviously talk a lot about your affinity for Coda and the, the mm. spectacle and the the event that's generated. I think that's kind of always a track that I love to watch, even historically. Yeah, I like and Singapore I think, too. I think the heat will hopefully give us a little bit of a tire strategy race, so maybe at least a two stopper race for the default setup um, and realistically I hope that Max crashes out just to extend the championship a little bit more if I'm being brutally honest with you I mean a turbo blow for a Red Bull would not be the worst thing in the world for the championship so let's hope they run that engine with a bit too much uh, blanking over the radiator and that we get a bit of a bit of a turbo blowout by halfway through the race that's what I hope for Joe, what are you looking? Well, what are your hot takes? Um, I'm just. I'm probably not. Even, I'm probably not going to watch their fun race this week. To be honest, I'll be watching Petit Le Mans. Um, so mm, can't multitask, eh? It's not that. I, I don't know if I'll be. I'll He's be. Got intri- a one track mind, this boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think. Um, I think. I think um, Max is going to win the championship this week. I do. So you think? You think? There'll be another Ferrari stuff up. It's 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 like um it's, it's like, not if it's when apparently yeah, these it's, days. It's, yeah. it's not it's not like they haven't done it this year. The track record is there. The track record for them mm. have making mistakes and also Ch- um Charles making mistakes are both there. So mm. I'm just gonna wish it into existence because then I don't have to worry about how long it's gonna wait till we can just confirm the the inevitable and um mm. 
maybe then Red Bull will take their foot off the gas after they win the championship and we can get a different race winner. Hopefully. I'm, I'm, What's your take I am, I am interested in, in, in seeing us race there again, though, because it is like talking about racing supercars on the Gold Coast at night. There isn't really anything that looks as spectacular as Singapore at night because um, it's, a, it's a night race that actually has fans. Um, yeah, that's you know that's the thing that I was thinking about this week too. Honestly, like we've in the very recent years, we're going to all these street tracks that are just crap, for use of a better phrase, that are bit are being put there literally just for the sake of it. But Singapore, over the last it might be even fifteen years that we've been racing there now, you've got an audience there, you've got a phenomenal track hopefully with the new cars we get back to some of the overtakes that we've seen there in the past um and just to give the f1 fans another look at a street track that has some history even though it is still relatively new um, and it hasn't just been placed in the middle of a city because they're giving billions and billions of dollars to um to form like it's not purely commercial there's some level of so natural support there and kind of, you know, it probably is a street track other than footprint. it's a street track that other than Monaco really has its own identity and footprint as well. Mm. Um, you know, like I've never heard anyone who says, oh, I don't like that race or that was like a, um, like a boring Why race. Why are they racing in Singapore? Yeah, like, yeah. It's been there for long enough now that it's really become a sort of staple of the Formula One diet. Um, and, Yes, you see like these new tracks that we always complain about. There's not, none of those complaints with that track because that track has sort of come from a a bygone age now, even though it's, what, 15 years old or something, not even probably. Um, yeah, I hope I hope it's a good race. <laughs> are, you, are you Homer? Wait, what, what happened? Writing like a freaking beautiful novel, <laughs> listening to the turns of phrase that you're putting into the pod, mate. Why do you have to keep from a believing me on, 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 not, on the I'm, air? Homer is... One yeah, H, what's your um what are your uh strolls uh, gonna hot put it in a wall? That's not a hot take, <laughs> mate. Oh it's not a hot take, man. I just have this feeling. You know, sector three see what it's paying. You know sector three? Yeah. You know the last kind of chicane after you go under the grandstand? And you come out, you turn right, and it's a little. He's going to hit the wall on the exit there. It's kind of like the Wall of Champions in Canada, similar sort of. Um, so I feel he's going to bin it there. Um, I think Carlos and George will out qualify and finish higher than their teammates. I really think Carlos is going to finish the season strong. Um, I think George, mate, George has been in the bloody sauna riding his bloody. His bike, he's training hard. So, I, I feel George is like switched on for a good finish. Some more topless shirt photos. He's, I don't follow Russell, but apparently he loves a, he loves a topless shirt pick. I love it because Albon always comment. You know how your, your brother always posts landscape photos and I always comment? That's Albon yeah. with George Russell's topless shirts. It's excellent. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think Carlos and uh, Russell, that's my big hot take, that they'll f- dominate their teammates this weekend. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think to finish off, it's only like we have always been the um, heralds of Australian successes in the motorsport landscape, particularly when they're warranted and particularly when they're deserved. So we made mention of it at the beginning of the pod and we'll just finish with it now. A big congratulations to... 
the Australian team from this morning's uh, MXGP of Nations that took place in Redbud uh, with Can Hunter you stop Lawrence. Speaking in, um, Jet Lawrence. In letters and, and, and say it out loud. Like, yeah. Can, can you let words. us know what that is? Oh, so this morning. The Motocross uh, so GP of Nations. Motocross, yeah, the Motocross GP of Nations is essentially the each motocross racing country sends three of their riders to one particular race meet uh, every year and they have three races two of the dry of the two of the riders will race for each country in each race so then over the course of the three races you'll have you know two of them will do one two another and two a third right so it's essentially a, a team it's a tally of, the, of of it's a tally of the team the six results, results essentially and australia came third against some huge european nations um and we've got a relatively young team um and we really did did ourselves proud so i think as as an australians we uh, should name them we should congratulate them and um that's about it because i don't think anyone else will care what i'm saying right now so congratulations to jet hunter lawrence and to mitch evans great job well done to australia and um they're young enough that we can build from this moving forward which is awesome can i can i say one thing as well that's that struck me when i was watching the podium if you looked at the the other riders on the grid, um, and the talent that, that 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 they sort of possessed on the grid, uh, our team was so young. I think the oldest is what 20, 22, 23. Mitch Evans. Yeah. Um, I mean, what a, what an awesome result! And for no twenty four. No, he's, he's older than twenty three. Maybe he's twenty four. I think I think yeah, next year what we have to do is we'll start Harry really. Well, Harry needs to get into MotoGP first. And then once we lay the groundwork. Can't do it. But you can. Once he, he has to, he needs to appreciate two wheels, I think. I don't for, like, like two wheels. This is the issue. Can you ride a push bike? Yeah. Do you enjoy riding? He rides push bikes. He enjoys riding push bikes. Do you? Yeah. Went for a ride this morning. You know what, H? This is, I, this I is think an you anomaly. need to, you need to, I don't think you've, I think your elitism hasn't let you fully embrace uh, MotoGP the way that you do Formula One and even IndyCar now. Because I think in your head you're like, "No, nah, I'm a four wheel guy," but I you am. haven't. But you, but you haven't been open to the two wheel experience. I've tried, man. I can't. Even the the races are forty minutes. I get bored like ten minutes in. Formula One is a ninety minute race at the least. I know. That's what I'm saying. But anyway, I'll, I'll keep trying. Is there any one word to describe such a blasphemy, Joe? Please, enlighten us. Ignorance. Ignorance. I think we'll leave it there. What about the What about the um, Australian Grand Prix at Phillip Island at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? What's wrong with that? Will you give that? Oh. No, will H give that his attention? Maybe if I go. Maybe if we go, I'll, I'll get into it. You know, I would, I would, that might work for you because I think the Australian Grand Prix this year reinvig, like not reinvigorated, but it kind of even. But if we're gonna go more of a fire go to into Phillip it. Island for his first event, we have to go watch Superbikes because there's less people, less traffic. I don't have to pay as much for tickets. 
for them for him not to enjoy it and have to listen to him bitching all the way back to Melbourne. No, you know? It's still a trip. It's still a trip. I think I think that's how I we. Booked, I think that's I how we play. Accommodation for Grant for the uh, Grand Prix this week. Good on you, man. And flights, and flights. Off we go. And you still attempt right, to shave your beard. I shaved it for um, to be Maverick, to be Rooster for right, a let's go for a staff this story dress again. day. Yeah, anyway, it looked good. It looked good. Paid off. Anyway, I think we'll leave it there, boys. It's always good chat here. We've got some good racing coming up this weekend. Singapore, get onto it. Um, and I think cue the music. Game over. We've like never had music at the end. Yeah, we oh, do. Yeah, like and subscribe. Yeah, we do. We always do. You never get. You never listen to the whole pod, Joseph. You just. You just shown us your card, mate. Um, please like and subscribe. Send us a review. Keep sharing. Season two is going to be bigger and better, baby. Love it. <laughs>